Book Nine, Chapter Three of A Class Book of Old Testament History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Olivia. A Class Book of Old Testament History by George Frederick MacLear. Book Nine, Chapter Three David's Army, His Conquests, His Sin. Second Samuel chapters eight through twelve, First Chronicles chapters eighteen through twenty, ten forty to ten thirty three B.C. Thus assured of the continuance of his kingdom, David began by a series of conquests to extend his power beyond the immediate boundaries of his own people, and to found an imperial dominion, which for the first time realized the prophetic description contained in the promise made to his forefather Abraham. Genesis 15, verses 18 through 21. As instrumental to these conquests, the military organizations of the Israelites was now materially developed, and David was enabled within ten years after the reduction of the fortress of Jebus to push his conquests far and wide, and to get him a name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Second Samuel 7, verse 9. 1. On the southwest he turned his arms against his old enemies the Philistines, and subdued them, capturing Gath with its daughter towns. First Chronicles 18, verse 1. Second, on the southeast, the Edomites felt the weight of his arms. Together with Joab, he carried on a campaign of six months against them. Compare Second Samuel eight fourteen with First Kings 11, verse 15, during which period he put vast numbers to the sword, established garrisons in the country, and thus became master of the eastern arm of the Red Sea, and the caravan routes to the marts and harbors of Arabia. Compare Genesis 27, verses 29, 37, and 40, and Psalm 60, verses 6 through 12. Third, on the northeast, the kingdom of Zobah had acquired considerable influence under Hadadezer, son of Rehob. David attacked him as he went to recover his border at the river Euphrates, Second Samuel 8, verse 3, and defeated him with a loss of 1,000 chariots, 700 cavalry, and 200 infantry. Had Adazer's allies, the Syrians of Damascus, then marched to his assistance, but they were routed with a loss of 22,000 men, and became David's vassals. The wealth of Zobah was considerable. Several of Hadadazer's officers carried shields of gold. Second Samuel 8, verse 7. That is, probably, iron or wooden frames overlaid with plates of the precious metal. These David brought to Jerusalem, as also large stores of brass from other Syrian cities. First Chronicles 18, verses 7 and 8. Fourth, on the east of Jordan he had hitherto maintained the most amicable relations with the king of Moab. First Samuel 22, verses 3 and 4. But now, from some unexplained cause, he not only attacked and defeated, but well-nigh extirpated the nation. Two-thirds of the people were put to death. The rest were reduced to bondage and paid regular tribute, while the spoils were treasured up in Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 8, verse 2, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 22. This campaign, in which the valiant Benaiah greatly distinguished himself, 2 Samuel 23, verse 20, fulfilled the prophecy of Balaam, a scepter had risen out of Israel, and smitten through the princes of Moab, and destroyed the city of Ar, that is, Rabath Moab, the capital of the children of Lot, Numbers 24, verse 17. Fifth, it was, however, from the kindred people of Ammon, that the royal conquests experienced the greatest resistance. During the period of his wanderings, David had received much kindness from Nahash, the king of Ammon, 
and on his death he sent a royal embassy to offer his condolences to the new king hanan but hanan's courtiers persuaded him that this embassy was really dictated by a wish to spy out his land and probably add it to the many others that david had conquered accordingly on the arrival of the ambassadors hanan treated them with the utmost indignity he shaved off one half of their beards cut off their garments in the middle and so sent them away second samuel ten verses one through three first chronicles nineteen verses one through four as soon as david was informed of this aggravated insult he bade his ambassadors remain at jericho till the traces of the indignities they had suffered were removed and then made preparations for sending joab with the mighty men and the host to take summary vengeance on the ammonites truly divining the consequences of their folly the latter prepared for the impending war by raising a mercenary force of thirty-two thousand men from the syrians of beth rehob and zobah from those owning fealty to the king of maaka a region in the valley of the jordan south of zobah and from the land of tob aided by these allies the syrians awaited the onset of the hebrews on his arrival joab perceiving that he was confronted by two very considerable armies divided his forces and assigned to his brother abishai the task of assaulting the ammonites while he himself with a picked body of troops attacked the syrians situated a little to the south of heshbon at medabah the latter were quickly routed and the ammonites in alarm at their speedy defeat fled to their capital rabah now called amman situated on a very advantageous position and well supplied with water meanwhile the syrians beyond the euphrates under the command of shopek or shobak a general of hadadezer assembled their forces with the intention of avenging the repulse sustained by their kindred the allies of the ammonites crossing the euphrates they joined the syrians at halam the site of which is unknown the occasion was deemed of sufficient importance to justify the personal interference of david gathering all israel and passing over jordan he attacked the syrians and defeated them with great slaughter shobak himself was slain and the allied princes quitted the syrian confederacy and became tributary vassals of the hebrew monarch second samuel eleven verses fifteen through nineteen first chronicles nineteen verses ten through nineteen early in the following year the campaign against the ammonites was resumed and the command of the forces including the royal bodyguard second samuel eleven verse one and the troops of ephraim and benjamin as well as judah second samuel eleven verse eleven was again entrusted to joab and the army was for the first time since the disastrous battle of apec accompanied by the ark and its levitical guard second samuel eleven verse eleven on this occasion rabah was the main object of the attack and after ravaging the country joab drove the ammonites into their citadel and commenced a regular siege which lasted very nearly two years second samuel eleven verse one meanwhile critical as was the nature of the campaign instead of accompanying the ark david lingered behind at jerusalem and there wrought that deed of shame which has left so dark a blot upon his character and which threw a gloom over all the rest of his life one day on arising from his afternoon repose he saw from the roof of his palace a woman of extraordinary beauty for whom he instantly conceived a most violent passion on making inquiry he discovered that her name was bathsheba the daughter of eliam or amiel and the wife of uriah the hittite who was at that time serving in the army against rabbah as one of the famous thirty second samuel's twenty three verse thirty nine first chronicles eleven verse forty one the fact that she was the wife of one of his most distinguished officers did not make david hesitate he sent for her and committed adultery with her as the time went on he found it would no longer be possible to screen her from the death punishment of an adulteress accordingly after vainly trying other and most unworthy expedients to cover his own guilt 
he sent a letter to joab bidding him expose this chivalrous and high-minded officer where the conquest was hottest so as to ensure his death the unscrupulous joab did as he was told and uriah fell happily unconscious of his wife's dishonor joab then sent a trusty messenger to david to inform him that uriah was dead and the days of mourning for her husband were no sooner over than the king sent for bathsheba and she became his wife second samuel eleven verses fourteen through twenty seven but though david had done all this secretly an all-seeing eye had watched each step in this dreadful crime and punishment quickly appeared at the door the prophet nathan was sent to him and with wonderful tact roused the royal attention by the well-known parable of the rich man and the poor man's ewe lamb unsuspecting its purport david's wrath was kindled and he denounced death as the penalty of the rich man and the restoration of the property fourfold then turning to the king the prophet sped his winged arrow saying thou art the man and announcing the awful penalty as david had measured unto others so should it be measured to him evil was to rise up against him out of the bosom of his own family and the sword should never depart from his house second samuel twelve verse ten unlike other kings of israel and judah unlike any common eastern despot david did not slay or ill-treat the messenger of judgment he acknowledged his sin and the justice of the sentence on this nathan went on to tell him that the lord had put away his sin and he himself was not to die but an earnest of future judgments soon appeared the lord struck the child that uriah's wife bare unto him and it died but in the midst of judgment god remembered mercy and in the course of time a second son was born to bathsheba whom nathan named jedediah beloved of the lord but david himself called him solomon the peaceful one second samuel twelve verses fifteen through twenty five meanwhile joab had been pushing toward the siege of rabbah and eventually succeeded in capturing the city of waters that is the lower town which contained the perennial stream which rises in and still flows through it but the citadel a place of great strength still held out the possession of the perennial stream was however the next step to the capture of the stronghold and joab sent messengers to david bidding him gather the rest of the people and come himself unless he wished him to have the honor of capturing the place and calling it after his own name accordingly the king set out and the fortress was speedily taken enraged it is not improbable at the obstinacy of the siege he wreaked a terrible vengeance on the inhabitants some were decapitated others sawn asunder or crushed beneath iron instruments others were passed through the fire in brick kilns second samuel twelve verse thirty one the royal crown the crown of milcom weighing a talent of gold with the precious stones was then placed on david's head and he and his army returned in triumph to jerusalem with abundant spoils End of Book 9, Chapter 3